going to look at one story from the Bible. I'm sure you're familiar with it. This is, uh, some people say, one of the best stories in the Bible. I think, uh, for me, I find it difficult to tag one best story. There are many best stories in the Bible. But they are amazing stories. So one such story, I'm going to look at it, um, how it is from the Old Testament, but in line with what we are looking at as a church, but we see Jesus. The story of uh, Daniel. You're familiar with that name? Yeah, story of Daniel. Uh, now, Daniel was part of uh, um, Babylon. I mean, he, he is a Jew, but he was uh, brought in exile. They were brought into Babylon, and there was King Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. You know that story? And he had this dream, and he, these, these kings were, Assyrian kings were, they were brutal. They were so, so um, horrifying kings. And he had this dream, and uh, he told his uh, uh, enchanters, the astrologers, and every people say that, you know, come and tell me what dream I had, and interpret, otherwise I'm going to kill all of you. You know, you sit around, those days, these called um, the Darbar, they, the king sits on his throne and all these uh, wise men, they sit around and give advice to the king. Ha, ah, king, that's the way you should do it. You should do that way. And the king gets very uh, excited. And suddenly the king, this king had a dream and he said, let me have some uh, heightened fun. The fun was this. He said to his enchanters and astrologers and the um, other magicians, he said, look, I had this dream and I want you to tell me what dream it was. And he said, tell me what it is, what the dream was and interpret it for me. And they, they immediately knew this is trouble for us. Because these kings, if they don't find their way, the next thing is they will burn you. They will throw you into lion's den. They will hang you upside down and uh, let you, uh, uh, you know, and all those kind of things were happening. And these guys immediately said, nobody can do this. And he said, that's okay, but I'm going to kill all of you. So then they were in a hurry and they brought, uh, finally they found uh, one, of the, one of the guys who brought from uh, Israel, uh, the land of uh, Israel. His name is Daniel. He is able to. And then Daniel comes to the king and he um, in, he actually says what dream the king had. And then he interprets the dream for the king. And the king was absolutely uh, thrilled and made him in charge of uh, many things. And then after some times, see these kings and these powerful men had very short-lived memory of enjoying the goodness of God. Whenever they had good times, they said that, you know, there is no God like Daniel's God. And next thing, they, he wanted to have a big statue of his own. And uh, some of his enchanters whose life got saved once by because of Daniel. And they said, you know, no, you must ask everyone to worship. And then uh, they went to worship. They, they, many people were, were worshiping. And then uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego, you remember that? They were asked to worship. And they said, look, they're part of uh, the same team that came from... Um, Israel. Um, so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. These are no, 
men who lived the way God wanted them to live. And they then uh, refused to bow down to this idol. Refused to bow down. And they said, we will not bow down to this idol because it is wrong in the eyes of God. We worship the living God. We will bow down only to him. So we are not going to bow down to this. So they said, um, the king and the other people said, no, look, if you don't bow down, the, there is another. So if you don't bow down, what we do? Those who don't want to bow down, we will throw them in the furnace. So they heated the furnace even more. The people who went to throw them into the furnace, they died. And these men, I don't know what boldness they had. They said, we know our God will save us. By the way, even if he does not save us, we will we'll take it. We'll take it. So when they went, they went straight into the, they were thrown into the furnace and they heated the furnace. And after sometimes uh, Nebuchadnezzar looked at, you know, how many did we throw in? He said, they said three, but I can see four. <laughs> so they saw Jesus. I mean, it was Jesus, the son of God, was walking with them in the fire. There was not a hair of theirs was burnt. You remember that story? And then they came out, it was again, once again, great celebration. So Nebuchadnezzar lived that way. And after a while, but every time these kings had seen the power of God and they forgot about it. And they went back to their arrogant and proud way of living. Then Nebuchadnezzar died, uh, died and uh, his son came into power. Now his son's name um, um, Belshazzar big name, <laughs> heavy name Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar Belshazzar Belshazzar came again as an arrogant man, he forgot so Nebuchadnezzar appointed Daniel, Shadrach Meshach, all in positions and then after Nebuchadnezzar died, then we don't hear much about in Belshazzar's uh, kingdom we don't hear much about Daniel. Once again, while he was eating and drinking and partying in his palace, suddenly Belshazzar saw a sight. A sight was, while he was doing this, a finger came and did something, wrote something on the wall. And uh, you imagine that you are having a birthday party, suddenly you look at the wall, a hand is writing something. <laughs> Right? And he was, he was worried, what is that? And of course, once again, he went to his um, you know, people, associate, the, the people who sit around and give him advice. They said it is very difficult. They couldn't interpret what was written. And his wife came and said, I remember a man who's to work with your father. His name is Daniel. And I'm sure he will be able to interpret. I think he's a man who worshipped the living God. And... Uh, uh, and he came, Daniel came, and as soon as Daniel came, this is what uh, Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son said, listen, there is gold, there is other things, I can give you all those things if you want, but tell me what is this inscription on the wall? He said, keep your gold. I don't want any gold of yours. And uh, this is what he said, Daniel said, you praised the gods of silver and gold and bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. 
but you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. You didn't get it, right? Let me read it for you. Because I read it for you. <laughs> I read it five times already. <laughs> you praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life. And your ways. Amen. Now, here is my question. Who was the king there? I told you in the beginning, I sensed that I was standing at the back and I sensed the same spirit, such a thunder morning. Huh? Maybe somebody has woke, you know, you didn't want to get up this morning <laughs> so early. But somehow you said, you know, today's Sunday, I need to go to church. So you woke up and came. Now that you are here, yeah, till you go back, just behave like a like good, day, good Sunday yeah. Christian. <laughs> okay, right? So, yeah, Belshazzar, the, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he is a king. Was he powerful? Yes. Of course he is powerful. And so in this story at this point, who is the most powerful king at this year? But, but, but look at it this way. What Daniel said, you have, you worship the God of gold, silver, bronze, wood, stone, because he's referring to his father's statue. <laughs> yeah? And he said, look, you have all these things, but you forgot something. But I belong to a God who holds your life. I belong to a God, I worship a God who holds your life and your ways. So here is my question. Who is the most powerful man in this world? <laughs> Don't be so biblical. <laughs> Who is the most powerful man in the world today? Jesus. <laughs> come on. <laughs> the American president, don't take his name. <laughs> the, the American president is considered as the most powerful man. I think sometimes I feel it is a myth. Maybe, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Chinese premier could be, Korean, Korean, that guy is mad. <laughs> so, so, so there is, there is Korean, uh, one guy is, you know, so, you don't know what he can, which, uh, which hand he holds the button, <laughs> but he, he sleep with the button, walk with the button, he, he has button in his hand, he will press at any moment. And then there is, um, the uh, president of United States trying to say, you press and show us and we will we'll have button even in our feet, under our feet also. So there's always, they're all living on buttons. <laughs> and then there is Chinese premier not saying anything. I think he's sitting on the button. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, are, there are powerful people in this world. So we're not coming to that, you know, we'll come to Daniel, um, you know, Jesus, Daniel and all a little later. But that's, a, that's the way it is. Now, in our country, tell me, in our country, who's the most powerful man at the moment? Amit Shah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not just asking that, you know, who said it, the Gujarati said it, or <laughs> whichever it is. Whether these two men, 
are considered as the most powerful men in our country. That is our Prime Minister and the BJP Party President Amit Shah. Is that, you know, that's what we read and hear. But what does this story teaches us? It says, you praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand, but you did not honor the life, uh, life and your ways. It says that the God who I worship, the God whom I bow down, the God I belong to, the God I see on a daily basis holds your life. So that gives us confidence, isn't it? No matter which prime minister rules our nation, but our God holds his life. Which, which party president comes into power, but our God holds his life and, and holds, his, holds his, the ways as well. His ways. So whatever ways, it is only just like, you know, if you have a long leash to your dog, some dogs, you, you know, it's like, you know, some dogs, you take the dog for a walk. We have a dog in our building. The dog takes the man, the master for a walk. <laughs> because, and the, I'm seeing where is the dog? I mean, I, you know, I have to look at when this dog comes out, I, I go to see where is the master? <laughs> master is going like this. <laughs> so, it's a long leash. Sometimes you, you think that, you know, God, oh, where is God? With all that what is happening in our nation, all that what is happening around us in the world, we can feel and we can, we can feel uncomfortable, we can feel insecure, fearful in the midst of it. The confidence that comes from the word of God and the story of Daniel tells us clearly that our God holds the life of these men. And our God holds the ways of these men. He knows, that's why it's in the book of you know, Ezekiel, it says, he holds the heart of a king in his hand. He, he, he allows him to go wherever. So because he allows, that doesn't mean that he is in control. He is in absolute control of our prime minister. Amen. You don't believe that? Amen. It's true. He is sovereign over our nation. So otherwise our prayers are not done in faith. Why are we praying? Why are we not going to a superior authority to save our nation? We go to the authority. We go to God for our nation because he is in control. Amen. Now, the story progresses. And uh, of course, Daniel interprets what was the inscription on the wall. And uh, um, again, he was honored. Now, the story, my... my um, you know, I'm just building up for where I want to actually go for with this story. Then, um, the interpretation of that, that inscription on the wall was this, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Pasin. Yeah? Let me give you that. What it says, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Man, <laughs> if you don't have God with you, you don't talk to those kings like that. <laughs> he knows what happened in the past. Remember that? Yeah? Yeah? Nebuchadnezzar, uh, 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 the guys, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnigo, his father did it to them. Now you're standing before a son who's worse than his father. 
worse than his father. And he says that, you know, this is the inscription on the wall. You want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. He's got wine glass in his, you know, hand. And he's sipping the wine. The first message, Mene. <laughs> Mene. <laughs> God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Finish. If I, <laughs> I'm just thinking, I would have been terrifying just to stand and deliver that word to the king. Then he said, Tekel. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. What is that? <laughs> wanting by who? God is after you. That's what he said. You've been found wanting. And then he says, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed with purple and gold chain and was placed around his neck and was proclaimed that the third highest ruler in the kingdom. When I read that, this is what came to me. Now, I don't think Belshazzar understood what he said. <laughs> he, he was thinking that, you know, oh yeah, it is about, it's going to happen sometime later. When I turn old, my time will come to an end. And he put gold chain, purple clothes, and placed him uh, number three in the nation. And the thing is, verse 30 says, the very night... Everybody say the very night. Belshazzar, the king of Babylonians, was slain. And Darius, the Medan, took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Right? Now, that's the power of a man who worshipped the living God. I'm, why I'm saying this, there is, there is a place that Daniel had a constant relationship with God. Constant relationship with God. Now, Darius came into power. Now, Darius, you know, the look of it, he seemed a better king than Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. And it says uh, Daniel, Daniel was in, Daniel, uh, in his kingdom. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by the exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. The whole kingdom. Now, he was number three in, in Belshazzar's kingdom. Now, Darius came into rule and he found Daniel, the qualities of Daniel. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by exceptional qualities, not just godliness, only exceptional qualities. I sometimes feel in the workplace, Christians are not always the great testimony. They have a poor testimony, some of the Christians. I sometimes feel that, you know, they are more holier than thou attitude in the office. And when it comes to work, delivery is very poor. And they come late to the office, where were you? I was at a prayer meeting. That's not the answer you should give. If you have a job to attend, it is, you need to be there in the office. You can't give excuses of prayer meeting. You need to let your boss know that if you want to go for it, you let your boss give you permission. Don't, don't say that, you know, God is my, I worship only God. But this man had exceptional qualities in his workplace. Exceptional qualities. Not only he was godly, he had exceptional qualities in his workplace. 
And it says there was no one like in the entire place like Daniel. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. These are important words. Christians, church believers, we, we are not just behaving as good Christians only on a Sunday morning or in meetings. We have to be of men and women of exceptional quality. At least we must aim to be exceptional in every department of our life. Every department. If you are a student, you must be exceptional. This is not for becoming competitive because we have a God who is able to help you. If you are doing business, do it in the most exceptional, non-corrupt way because you belong to this God. You cannot be negligent. Don't say that, you know, I will do it tomorrow. Oh, I will come late. Oh, and because we live in a city like this, most of the blames have gone for local train. You notice that? You left home late, and when your office, when you reach, you said, you know, you're late today. So what, what to tell you, man? That's 7.14 train, no? That's, that's all you say. And you then leave the uh, boss to have the imagination. 7.14 train came five minutes late, which used to come five minutes late every day. But it has nothing to do with the train. It is to do with the way you process your life. So... Daniel had exceptional qualities. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And this is where I feel politics began to come in. It says, finally, so what happened was in Darius' kingdom, again there was these um, chelas, you know, the people who give advice, the enchanters, the magicians, and the astrologers sit around and they keep telling the king, you know, new, new things to pep him up. And these kings, though they were very shrewd, uh, horrible men, but they also like this praising. You know, when, um, when people, they, that's why they made to sit around whole day, they keep telling, king, that decision that you made, it was fantastic. And after some time, they also get bored. What to tell him now? Because he said the same thing over and over again. Now what to tell him? And then they came up with this idea that... Uh, uh, for the next 30 days, king, it may look, you know, the things are going well, but I just, we just feel that for the next 30 days, everybody should worship only you. And the king Darius heard, otherwise he was quite a good man till this point. As soon as he heard that, he said, oh, that's a good idea. And he's imagining, you know, what, what will it be like, you know, everybody is worshiping me. I'm sitting there everywhere across my nation. Everybody is taking the name of Darius, Darius, you know, Darius, help me. Darius, do that, all kind of thing. So he, th- he found it's a great idea. So he agreed with these men. And they knew they were actually trapping him. They knew that the thing was not for praising Darius. They were gunning for whom? Daniel. Now, brothers and sisters, you should know by now, Daniel is somewhere close to 80 years old. 80 years old. He started as a young man in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. His Nebuchadnezzar, then Belshazzar, and now come Darius. So three kings he served, and now he is an older man. Older man, and these men didn't find anything um, wrong, no fault in Daniel, the only way that he could find a fault is that, okay, let's take it to the religious side. 
let's make it like a um, dharam. <laughs> so that's what is happening in our nation, isn't it? When they can't find any agenda, let's go for the religious agenda. You've got to see that. That's what it's doing. And he said, um, we will never find any bias for charges bias for charges against this man daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his god unless to do with the law of his god so the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said oh king darius live forever the royal administrators um, uh, perfect satraps advisors governors all have said that you know kings should issue uh, edict that enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or a man during the next 30 days except you or king shall be thrown into the lion's den i think it was it was a kind of lion's den was kind of uh, not used for a long time so let's put that into use that was probably another idea so king agreed now king issue uh, a decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. In accordance with the laws of the Meds and the Persians, which cannot be replaced as well. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned, learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his, uh, his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Hallelujah. The windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed and giving thanks to God just as he had done before. He saw Jesus every day of his life. It is not something that he is doing it in distress. Brothers and sisters, as we, we, we pursue with this, this new um, the, uh, the theme of this year but we see Jesus as we focus on this theme I want you to understand that here Daniel is not seeing Jesus because he's in distress he's used to see Jesus every day of his life so just as he had done before then these men went as a group and found that daniel praying and asking for help so they went to the king and spoke to him about the royal decree did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or man except you or king would be thrown into the lion's den the king answered the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes, Meds and the Persians, which cannot be replaced. Then they said to the king, Daniel, they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Who was the most powerful man in the story? In the story, Darius. But the most powerful man, his own confession is that 
I cannot save Daniel. Are you with me? The most powerful man on earth at that point. Because Babylonians were the most powerful people at that time. King Darius, he is the most powerful man. He says he tried everything, but he could not rescue Daniel. But this is where, but we see Jesus. There's one greater than Nebuchadnezzar. There's one greater than Belshazzar. There's one greater than Darius. There's one greater than all the authorities and powers. His name is Jesus. And we are encouraged to look to him all the time. But we see Jesus. Now, if I was just thinking in the normal circumstances, the, you approach the, the highest authority in the sense on, in the office is the president of India in that sense. When people are receiving a life, life sentence or a, or a death sentence, death sentence, you can appeal to the president, yes or no? You can appeal to the president, whatever may be the situation is, the president look at that appeal, and at that moment he feels that this man deserves another chance, he can issue an order that he should, be, he should not be hanged. And his life would be saved. Hallelujah. But that's the power of the president. And at this point, this man Darius is in that position. And this is what he says that even I cannot help Daniel. Now in the normal circumstances, if, if you have a death sentence, you approach the president, and if you don't get it, you will be disappointed. You will be saddened that I, my last attempt, the highest court of law, I went and I couldn't get justice, but now I will be hanged. But we who believe in Jesus, our highest court of law is not the earthly rulers, our highest court of law is always God himself. And we are encouraged to look to him. But we see Jesus. And uh, Darius tried many ways. Finally, he sent him a, a you know, best wishes card. And says, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. <laughs> That's, that was a message. He sent a, wrote a nice card and said, that, give it to Daniel. At least he will have this. He will know that what I thought about him. Best wishes, Daniel. I saw, you know, you're a great man. You're a lovely man. I can't find anything. But, you know, these kind of things have happened. But, by the way, this is my final conclusion. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And then the king returned to his place and spent the night without eating. And without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. The most powerful man on earth. Lost to sleep. But there was a man of God. Slept very well. Hallelujah. A man of God slept very well with all the nice pets. He had all the cats around him and giving him a nice, warm, you know, furry feeling. Those who, I think the idea of teddy bear must have come from there. <laughs> you know, sleeping, <laughs> sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> and the most powerful man, failed attempt, distressed, and he couldn't save his, his, own, his own man 
and he no entertainment no food and he was more distressed than daniel and the next day at the first light of the dawn the king got up and hurried to the lion's den this is amazing isn't it you know it's not the normal practice he hurried to the lion's den when we i don't think we will hurry to such places first thing in the morning people go to national park but not lion's den and then he hurried to the hurry to the lion's den and he called to daniel you know where i felt so interesting in the story somewhere in the in the in the final analysis of the story king darius somehow believed daniel will respond hallelujah the man darius had more faith in the story sometimes i feel that even the christians don't have that kind of faith darius had faith that's why he hurried to the lion's den and he and he, he had this you know he called when he came near to the den he called to daniel in an anguished voice and he I, you know i was trying to imagine this is you know this lion's den were like a well and lions are there and they are they are lowered they are thrown into that so the you know lions would eat uh, the flesh and the whatever they can the soft bones and the the big bones will remain there <laughs> and uh, darius darius would have gone to this well and looked at daniel you would have called has your god saved you <laughs> it is anguish voice i mean normally the kings don't talk like that otherwise he would said bring daniel <laughs> or bring this one or they had a particular way of talking there because that's see that's that's how they trained here he threw all the caution and all the upbringing and said daniel has your god saved you <laughs> and daniel answered hallelujah daniel answered oh king live forever i found such humility in this man such humility and he said oh king live forever my god send his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions now by the way this is a this is not a story that is telling after he come out of the well this is still happening he's up here and daniel is down there and he's giving the story my god send the angel shut the mouth of the lions they have not hurt me because i was found innocent in his sight i want to ask you a question do you find yourself innocent in his sight sometimes we are in a hurry to prove ourselves before people before your boss before your parents before somebody is you know close to you before your leaders but he said my god saw my innocence and he rescued me no have about i have done anything wrong before you or king the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift daniel out of the den and when daniel was lifted up from the den no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his god and i want to rephrase paraphrase that but he saw jesus not only he trusted in the lions den when there were when there were these you know 
they are dangerous animals. Lions are one of the most dangerous animals. While he was put there to be eaten by the lions, he comes out unhurt. He comes out, not a single skin was scratched off his, because in the lion's den, he saw Jesus. Yes, of course, the angels, but that was not because he was only in that distress. I, I'm sure that Daniel may have had his own thing, but he said, you know, I'm eight years old. I'm used to seeing my Lord at every point. In, in Jerusalem, I have seen God. In Babylon, I have seen God. In my house, I have seen God. In my, in my workplace, I have seen God. I am used to seeing my Lord at all times. I'm used to seeing this. So there was no, the king was in distress, not Daniel. Because he belonged to the great king. So, king was happy. And of course, he then gave order to the guards and said that, look, all these people were instrumental in putting Daniel in there. Bring them all. Their family, wives and children, they were all enjoying the um, uh, the um, king's palace food and other thing tonight they will all become feed for the lions and everyone was thrown into the lion's den so I was just saying the lions also must have thought very happy oh one night fasting many but great feasting <laughs> it doesn't matter that you know just we went through without and I often wondered you know um, this how thing about these lions you know, as soon as Daniel was thrown in they can see the preparation and they're all looking. <laughs> you know, so they're all waiting there. And as soon as Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, they all said, hello. <laughs> they all moved back. They all moved back and he said, is what sort of food is this? You know, they're all going round and round asking the other one, you make the move. No, 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 you make the move. And they went to the other one, you make the move, you make the move. So they are all doing this. And the whole night they said, nobody is making any move because the angel has shut their mouth. Angel has made them um, vegetarian for that night. <laughs> huh? Fast. Huh? Ah, because, see, there is, that's why I told you there is a reward for fasting. The next day, God gave them plenty to eat. <laughs> yeah? They got tender meat, hard meat, every kind of meat. The men, women, and the children. They all had great feet. And this is what da King Darius said. He said, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. And all the other places when they use it was small g. But now it says that he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves and performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of lions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the God we worship. Thank you. I believe that clapping is for the lions. <laughs> 
It's an amazing story how they were brought in slavery, they were brought into exile and just uh, um, in the kingdom, how they conducted themselves all through their life, whether it is Shadrach, Meshach and Abnego, and in the life of Daniel, there was one thing that was clear. There was an earthly king, powerful king, ruthless king, but in the midst of all that, they always saw who was on the throne. What was who was on the throne was Jesus for them always. And that is what I want to say to you this morning. But we see Jesus. Not Daniel. Yes, he is an amazing example. We have one greater than Daniel, don't we? His name is Jesus. And we are encouraged to look to him, not to Daniel. The writer of Hebrews chapter 11, 34 says about these things. And he says about about these lions mouth was shut that story was told and he says but we see Jesus but we see Jesus and I want to encourage you we are trained to look to Jesus and it is not a distress seeing Jesus brothers and sisters when we have a problem something is somebody's sick somebody's met with an accident some financial difficulties some other issues oh god god come 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 please please i want to see jesus where is it get another specs get do you know all that kind of thing that's not the jesus i'm talking about. that's not how we're going to see jesus we're going to train ourselves seeing jesus every day daniel did it three times a day worshiping this jesus the, the living Christ was before him at all times. The king of kings was before him at all times. The lord of lords was before him at all times. And that's what the Hebrew says that, but we see Jesus. In every situation, in every situation, Daniel was raised to another place. But we have one greater than Daniel. That's why it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, 10, and 11. Let me just read that and end. And it says, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. But we see Jesus. He is glorified. Father has given him the complete authority. Yes, he also went through a similar test, isn't it? At the Garden of Gethsemane. He was tested like Daniel went through that night. With the lions, he was, he was tested and he passed the test. Therefore God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord for the glory of the Father. And we are encouraged to see that person, Jesus. Not Daniel, but Jesus. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this amazing story of few men who knew their God did great exploits. And it was not just they did that because at that moment of excitement or moment of trust in God, 
they continued to trust God all through their life before even they faced a challenge. They trained themselves to see God in every situation. And I pray God for us as a church, as we are, we are pressing through this theme, but we see Jesus, help my brothers and sisters and myself to see Jesus, not only in crisis, but get used to seeing Jesus every day of our life. So help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Vinod.